Welcome back to the Peeling Drag Podcast. I am Josh Dolan. And I am Grant Alvis. We are on episode three. So, thanks for showing up. You're still here. Yeah. Um, we've been working on uh, f- fixing some of our audio quality stuff. I've said this for the third podcast in a row now. <laughs> I'm not allowed to drink anymore, to yeah. the podcast, or chew ice. If you watched episode two, you uh, if you watched it or listened to it in its entirety, you realize that Grant has uh, an affinity for slurping his drink into the <laughs> microphone. So we had to uh, address that situation. But uh, no, we're good to go now. We have a new... A uh, new HDMI switcher thing that should make it easier to edit this. Uh, cool. Starting off <laughs> splendidly. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, turn that on silent. You think I would have done that beforehand, but I did not. Uh, but yeah, we have some new gear, so we're slowly building up and making uh, the quality a little bit better on this thing. So. Hopefully, by like, I don't know, episode 100, we'll have our shit together. So, it's good stuff. But anyway, we have a a few um, new topics and new... uh, Fishing news. Yeah, well, no, what... What would you In today's top stories, we have new segments. We have we have uh, two new segments that we're kind of implementing. One we've done already, but we have a new one that we'll be implementing later on in the show. But let's go ahead and jump into some fishing news. I'll let you start first, Grant. You had a pretty interesting story you were mentioning there. Yeah, this actually happened uh, last week. Uh, doesn't have a date on here. I thought it did. Anyway, um, a 12-year-old boy in Massachusetts caught a 11-foot great white shark uh, while they were trolling for, doesn't say what they were actually fishing for. I mean, I'm assuming tuna, but uh, looking at the gear on the boat, it's probably a bluefin boat. But uh, yeah, Campbell Keenan spent 45 minutes fighting the fish and uh, to reel it in close enough before they were able to see what it was. So they probably for a while thought it might have been a bluefin. I don't know. They probably thought it was something different because I wouldn't think a great white would be fighting like a bluefin. How would you even catch a great white while you're trolling? It seems kind of Well, those guys are on anchor up there. Massachusetts. Like on. Yeah. So clearly. I don't know. I know what I'm. We realized it was a shark when it was like 20 feet away. This is a quote. Uh, So yeah, quote. We realized it was a shark when it was like 20 feet away, probably. We had to get it in. We put this like <laughs> Jesus Christ, look at the size of that tuna. 
<laughs> Y'all ever seen a tuna with teeth? It's a 12-foot-long tuna. Oh, my God. It says, We're we millionaires. Put, we put this, like, buoy on it to make it, like, not go under. <laughs> That's definitely a 12-year-old. That was the direct quote that uh, Campbell told ABC News in the interview. Nice. That's um, solid. They could not, not that they would want to, but they could not remove the fish from the water because that's against the law. Um, that's actually a federal law, supposedly. You're not allowed to remove a great white shark from the water unless you were doing research. Um, I'm sure you have to be, like, a certified researcher. You can't just be a subject. I'm researching. <laughs> yeah, I'm researching. I'm researching. Researching what these fillets taste like. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, See how long you can hang upside down before yeah. it passes out. <laughs> Says uh, another another <laughs> splendid quote. When we pulled the rod up, it was like lifting a 50-pound weight. It was so hard to pull up. Anyway, that is the, definitely a 12-year-old. The fish the turned out to be an 11-foot-long shark, estimated. <laughs> this is the other part of the story that was kind of funny to us. It was estimated as 11-foot long, and it was estimated to be between 4 and 700 pounds. I mean, that's it was either this size or... Like twice that size. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'm sure they're familiar. I don't with doubt. I don't doubt that whites. an 11 foot great white is at yeah. least 400 pounds. But like, yeah. I feel like they could have had a little tighter window on the size there. <laughs> Either way, all jokes aside, really cool. 12 year old kid caught probably a 400 to 500 pound great white. Um, it's a 12 year old man. Yeah, he's a man now. <laughs> this is uh, yeah. Campbell did all the reeling. Felt like he was getting taken for a ride. They did get kind of a cool picture, but the uh, looks like the first mate photobombed it they tried to like pull the fish up behind the boat and like get the captain to take like a selfie from the tower the first base block in uh, the whole fish so it's basically the ass end of there's six foot of the 12 foot shark in the photo yeah they're like pulling the fish close to the back of the boat trying to get a picture of it and while he's pulling his head and torso is blocking from the nose of the fish all the way to the dorsal you can fish. show that you camera can there. maybe no you can totally see it i can oh see here we go Beautiful. We'll just zoom it in there. So, uh, we screwed up. Yeah. There we go. There you go. So, yeah. If you're Good list- first mate for the uh, <laughs> the fight, I'm sure, but ruined the picture. Nah, it's fine. It's it, all right. It happens. Memories to last a lifetime. But the, the thing you got to remember is anyone who's ever been somewhere and talked to people who aren't fishermen – and they somehow find out you are a fisherman, yeah. or someone's like, hey, man, let me introduce you to my buddy. All he does is fish. Within the first couple minutes, the question's always, you ever caught a shark? Yeah. This kid's like 12 years old. He can say answer that question yeah, for the rest, for the rest, of, rest of, his of his life. 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 Not only did he catch a shark, he caught the shark. Yeah. He caught a great white. Yeah, that's pretty legit. So. I'm uh, definitely envious of that kid. So if you happen to be listening on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or anything like this and you want to see what we're talking about, uh, I highly recommend you head over to the HRWT Studios and find – and that's on YouTube – and uh, find this episode and you can see uh, kind of what we're talking about on camera. But, yeah – Yes, Super- HRT Studios is on YouTube. It is not a physical location. <laughs> no, it's Havrod's Will Travel Studios. So HRWT Studios. I, I had to shorten it. The name was getting a little ridiculous. but There's um, a 40-character limit on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or go to HavrodsWillTravel.com, go to the podcast tab, go to Peel and Drag, and you can see the whole podcast lineup there. So whatever floats your boat. But uh, – all right, well, cool. Mine is 
somewhat of a common theme from uh, our last uh, podcast we did. I, it, was, it was either number two or number one. I talked about a state record burbot, and we have a state record burbot once again. Uh, it's just a different state this time. This is from the Indiana Division of Fish and Wildlife. Uh, I'll just read direct quote from their post. It says, whoa, a state record that has been held for 32 years has been broken twice in two weeks so that's pretty cool (laughs) on december 30th 30th of last year we are recording this in the beginning of january which is scary thought so last year was 2022 on december 30th of last year scott scafar broke the state record burbot that had been set in 1990 with a 10.2 pound fish he caught from Lake Michigan. On January 10th, so just uh, two weeks later, Philip Durax, oh, I really need to practice these names, I guess, D U R A C Z, Durax caught a new state record burbot weighing 11 pounds 4 ounces. Or 11.4 pounds, I'm sorry. Also from Lake Michigan, he holds the uh, Lake Whitefish state record. So that's pretty cool. 9.34 oh, so pounds. So that got two different state records? Yeah. That's so, pretty well. Yeah, you don't see that too often. So that's how you know this dude's a good angler. He holds two separate state records and two completely separate species. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. But he caught that from Lake the uh, Lake Whitefish state record, 9.34 pounds from Lake Michigan in 2021. So that's that was pretty cool. Looks like we have a uh, research biologist quote here. It says, The recent warm weather coupled with light winds has provided – Provided excellent opportunities for anglers to fish Lake Michigan. Oh my God, I cannot read today. Do you smell toast? I think I'm having a stroke. I don't know. Let me let me. Ro- <laughs> you know what's great for a podcast? <laughs> Not being able to freaking read. All right, let me try. I'm off my game, folks. I've just spent two hours trying to set up all these cords. I feel like I'm in a spider web. We have so many HDMI cords and shit running around this room right now. All right, let me run that back. The recent warm weather coupled with light winds has provided excellent (laughs) opportunities for anglers to fish Lake Michigan at a time they are usually unable to safely access the lake. (laughs) Oh, my. Well had some hurdles to jump over there okay uh some may wonder if burbots are good to eat the answer is yes they have firm white flesh and a large liver similar to cod (laughs) so if you want to just get if you want to just get weird we're having burbot liver later y'all got any burbot liver (laughs) yeah jeez anyway so congrats. What if, hot, what if it's a hot item on the local diner menus? <laughs> yeah. We got Kick. some liver and onions. Is that a beef liver? No, it's bourbon, bourbon. liver. It's really small. It's super fishy. <laughs> anyway, congrats to Philip. That's super cool, man. If you somehow hear this podcast, uh, super proud of you, dude. Two state records and two completely different species. In like two years, too. Yeah. All, yeah. In two years. Two. Really less than two. Two years by date, but like. Yeah. We're yeah, 2021 and 2022. Tw- 
Yeah. So. But to what I would assume is two <clears throat> completely different angling disciplines as well. Whitefish and burbot, I imagine you I target them those completely caught doing the same thing. No. Yeah. So super awesome stuff. You don't see a dual world did it have state the, record. Did it have the date for the whitefish record? Um, it just I says just 2021. Were, I was curious if they were both through the ice. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I have to look it up after this, but cool. Good stuff. How far south are Burbot? Like, they're all up there in, like, Great Lakes and further yeah, north. Yeah, I think they don't really drop. I know they don't come anywhere near us. But. No. Well, they have them in, like, I want to say they have them in, like, Pennsylvania or Jersey. Some of those New England states have Burbot for sure. But I think they're kind of like a Great Lakesy like, sort of thing. And, I, I mean, I you know. You like never see anybody catch them other than through the ice. No. Either. They're definitely, like, the northern part of the country for sure. Yeah. But, um. Super cool. And then just uh, another one I have here to round it off. I uh, I hunt the IGFA Instagram for a lot of these. Uh, Today rec- in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a lot of these record fish that uh, we're reporting on here. But um, they just have a recap of one that was caught last year. On January 30th, 2022, Mauricio <laughs> Silva... He, he had a hell of a... We gotta a, choose people with easier names dude, for Josh. Dude, I am... This dude has four names. I'm just saying... I had to shorten it. I'll, I'll give it a stat. I'll, I'll, well, no. Don't. Okay. Don't. Okay, okay, okay. Mauricio Silva's uh, beautiful 91-centimeter speckled peacock bass to tie the IGFA all-tackle length world record for the species. He was fishing the... Madavin River in Columbia when this beautiful peacock struck his jig. And I'll hold it up there for the camera. You really can't oh, blue fins are wild. Yeah, those those peacocks are nuts. Like Miami and, and South Florida has those butterflies or whatever they are that they don't get much bigger than like eight ish pounds, but these things, I mean, you've seen they the videos. Like Twenty five pounds. Yeah, they're massive. It's it's yeah. insane. So super cool stuff. That's all I I have for uh, fishing news. So we'll move on to the new tackle and gear, and I'll let you go ahead and take it away. You sound like you had a pretty good one when we were talking about it. Um, I mean, nothing super crazy, but um, being a Hobie fishing team member, this one caught my eye. Uh, Hobie is not – they've never really been known exactly for their uh, color selection. They just in the past couple years they started coming out with a lot of new colors, or at least I should say like blended colors. Yeah, for the longest time it was like that sand color, like dune, red, papaya. Yeah, they kept it pretty basic. And blue, mm. like, and then they finally came out with camo, and then the three sixty came out. And they came out with the Amazon and the blue and white swirl. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but I think they called that Arctic camo. Yeah, but uh, anyway, the new color is sunrise camo, and I will one hundred percent be getting it. It's uh it's like an orange and black swirl boat. And I am a big fan of orange and we can kinda show it to the camera. You can see it all there. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I mean it's it's like sunrise orange just with see. splotches of black all over it. Let me go back into images on Google here. Yeah. It's gonna be available in the uh see that's another new thing they've been doing. All the like I guess what you would call premium colors. It started mm. when they started coming out with camo. They typically are only bringing those colors out in the Outback and the Pro Anglers right. just because that's the two most popular boats. Right. Um, 
but yeah, so the Outback and the Pro Angler will be available in the Sunrise Camo. Is that color. the only new color they're rolling out? Uh, yeah, they typically only do uh one new one a year now. I got. You. They went like ten years and never came out with a new color. Now they seem to come out with a new one every year. So yeah, cool. I mean. Not for nothing, but when you're talking about kayaks that are like five grand, you gotta add in any extra yeah. incentive you can to get people to want to buy them. So also, this was brought back to the uh, Hobie iTrek Fiesta. Uh, I, it's on an emailing list, right? Now. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you fat fingered it. So let's try that again. Um, the iTrek Fiesta. Oh, the four-person inflatable <laughs> pedal drive. I don't even have enough friends to fill that boat out, so I won't be buying Apparently, it. like, no no bullshit. These are really popular. Really? They sold, like, crazy mm. last year. And, see, they replaced the, like, remember the i11 I used to have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they call that the iTrek series. There's an i10, i11. I think there's an i9. Okay. No, there's an i9, and an i11, an i13, mm-hmm. and then it goes to like an i this. I could like, see that being popular in like the villages, Florida, with like retirees and. Dude, and they all getting on a float. Snowbird. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. I thought y'all went out with four people. Yeah, Larry had a heart attack. <laughs> just, just rolled him off. It's terrible. I don't know. That. Some. I mean, it's a cool concept. It, it's but one of I those things like a family's going to buy that. Sure. How, how to just, get I, your siblings to freaking hate you. Let's all try to paddle. You know who's going to buy that? Not even like, I don't think families are going to buy it. I think like nobody paddle boat companies are going to buy it. Okay. Like you could see something like that paddling around. She like not shields, like but the, the, the swan. Lake, I the guess. Paddling. Sure. It, it's going to be like those bikes with 12 people on them at the beach, yeah. and everyone's like, oh, this will be such a great idea. Except instead at of At least getting... the Hobie Drive is efficient, so that thing, yeah, that thing well, probably moves, honestly. So Four instead of getting drunk and riding your bike through the grass, you're going to get drunk, roll over in the surf, and die. Drown. <laughs> yeah, so Dude, great. I bet you that thing is impossible to flip. That thing is... You have two people sitting side by side. Yeah, you're not... It's a, a, a picture with it's the people an, in it. It's a... Jumbo air mattress. There's no. It's way, way bigger than a king size mattress. Yeah, it's that's... like it's got to be 16 feet long. It looks like a giant flip flop. <laughs> like if we're being real, I don't know. What's the MSRP on that thing? Like 30 grand? Uh, 4600. Yeah, I mean, I guess. So what do you get? Like three of your you friends got it. and 4, you all 4600. It comes with four barrage drives. It's four um, grand in barrage drives. Yeah. You're only paying six hundred bucks for four <laughs> yeah. four seats and an inflatable boat. I see a new market here. We buy We're those. Just buy we, a ton of those. We, we buy them and flip the barrage drive. I thought it was going to be like eight grand, and I'm pulling it up like, mm, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things they just put out to like. Eight. Hey, no worries. It comes attention. with one paddle. Good. <laughs> so who's the lucky bastard that gets the paddle? 900 pounds of human being dude, back it's short. made just dude that i11 i had was awesome and this thing is made first off fully rigged weight what do you think it weighs crazy what's the length on it um it is hold on 14 feet long 15 feet long and 80 inches wide okay it is as wide it is almost as wide as my skiff okay and then it's is, are we talking the weight with the mirage drives um there is, you could guess either one. There's a fitted hull weight, 
at a fully rigged weight. I'll guess the 40 rig. Jesus. I cannot speak today. The fully rigged weight, 250 pounds. 200 pounds. 100 pounds. There's no way. The fitted no hull way. weight is 78 pounds. The fully rigged weight, barrage drives, and seats included is 100 pounds. I guess I jumped the shark on 250 pounds. But still, though. I, and it's just like that I-11. It, go, it folds up into a bag. The bag dimensions are 59 inches by 43 inches by... Dude, this thing's winning me over. This thing's cool. I don't know. Okay. 150 by 110 by 40 centimeters. Do you remember the time we took my big tuna tandem into the James River and how terrifying that was yeah we didn't even try to fish out of it we were just yeah we were crossing the river official canal yeah so imagine that plus two more people no thank you well and nowhere near is unstable though i guess i don't know whatever i want to see that 12 year old kid get on that thing and fight a 12 foot great white bro like four barrage jobs four i mean i know what those seats cost Dude, I'm telling we have one of my buddies lost a seat and he was like, Hey, can you look up how much one of those seats cost for me? And I was like, Oh. I mean, we have a complete side hustle in just buying those and flipping the components. Selling for bro, they're turbo fins too. It's the thousand dollar drive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about stuff, but I think that drives nine hundred bucks. That's a bit ridiculous. Anyway. That's one I when they released that thing last year, I didn't really have an opinion on it because it was so far out of anything I would ever want. Yeah. I was just like, whatever. That's something that, like, I could see a market for that. Like, rental boat companies and stuff definitely are going to buy that. Yeah, I mean, but then like, I didn't think they were going to bring it back a second year. They do that a lot with boats. Like, they'll bring one out for one year, doesn't sell. Okay, whatever. Yeah, missed the mark. Like what the the seventeen T the yeah the that ho- was out for pro, two years. Yeah, the pro angler tandem. I'm surprised I, they got rid of those as quick as they did, but that that thing was. That well, in prob- hindsight, that, that probably was, did weigh 250 pounds. In hindsight, that boat was five grand when it came out, and everybody was like, "Yeah, that's way too expensive. Nobody's gonna ever pay that." Yeah, now and now a PA three sixty five grand. So that thing, I mean, I could see that being an interesting boat, like doubling up and going and like trolling. Well, I mean, for especially Mahi or something. if you legit, like, I mean, you're gonna put a motor on it. It's like if yeah. you put like a big torpedo on it, it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I could see surf launching it. And a troller for Mahi of this. You could like take it down to Texas, go out and fish the wheel rigs. You have two people, so if anything bad happens, you're either both screwed or there's you a have lot of people that guide out of them. People like yeah. people build. I could like, see that platforms yeah. on the back. They pull them and stuff. Yeah, I could see that. This is the PA seventeen T, not the inflatable Fiesta boat. <laughs> yeah, the Fiesta boat. That's what it's called. It's the iTrek Fiesta. All right, well... All right, anyway, that thing won me over. That thing's cool. Okay. So, I don't well, care. I'm whatever, in the minority. Whatever you say. All right, well, now we have a uh, new section that we implemented last uh, episode, which we will be, be continuing to utilize moving forward, and that is the listener questions slash listener suggested topic section. Um, just essentially, if you want to participate in this, Email us at haverods at gmail.com or comment under one of our social media yeah. postings. Periodically, we'll post maybe once or twice a week mm-hmm. asking about uh, if you have any questions for the podcast. And yeah. we'll, are we going to let them know if we pick them? Yeah, usually. Yeah, we'll usually. let you know on the post if we choose your stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, if we pick your topic or your questions, we will obviously give you a shout out, shout out your Instagram, whatever you want to do there. But uh, we have a few questions from our buddy. Also, if we don't pick you, just keep asking it. <laughs> no. like, well, post we get... it again. Well, like, you know, post it again, or we might go back and look at it. But, like, don't be like, oh, never ask that question again. Yeah. It no. doesn't mean we chose not to pick if you. If they're just... solid questions, yeah. we'll we'll get to them eventually. Hopefully... What color is my underwear? Yeah, no. <laughs> Jesus. Hopefully we have it's that problem involved. where enough people care about this podcast that they want Not wanna... likely. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so we have our buddy Rob Recker here. Uh, he is record.com. Rob on Instagram. A fellow uh, Hobie team member, by the way. Fellow Hobie team member, fellow Virginian, and I think he might have moved recently. But uh, what, is it raining again outside? No, someone just sounded like somebody died in your front yard. I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear it? it sounded like a moose just got hit in your uh, front yard. Car. I don't know. Well, unless... I, I know it was like a 1990s Honda Civic, but it sounded like a moose just died right. in your yard. That's no, two episodes in a row where you've gotten distracted by that window next to you, so it's fine. All right, so our buddy Rob Recker, who has an awesome name, <laughs> sent us a couple questions, and um, we're just going to kind of go down through the questions and answer them. And... He did ask a lot of questions, didn't he? Not, not a lot. No, the... He asked the exact they were all good questions. Ones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, he says, this topic could easily be multiple episodes. What can the VDWR do better or improve? Uh, and then possible solutions. So that's kind of an open-ended question. What can the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources improve? That could be its own episode. But we're <laughs> well, going to... We we are supporters of our state agency, but I think the thing that comes to mind immediately for both of us is the citation paperwork, the the trophy fish paperwork you get for the state. They have added cool species over the last three years and given given us more to do, but they've switched the actual certificate up from being some really cool artwork you get with your name and date and the catch and everything on it and a species-specific artwork for And it was trip. actually a, a good friend of mine that worked with me at Bass Pro for years, Michael yeah. Simon, the local artist. He did all the artwork on all the fish license plates you can yeah. get in Virginia, and they just, like, got rid of it. Yeah, so, so it's kind of frustrating. It's not that they got rid of it. It's they got rid of it, and the alternative is far, far worse. It looks... Like something a child might get in kindergarten as a participation trophy. Well, it's so like It's a Microsoft Word document. Right. So I don't want to harp on this particular question too much yeah. right now because I feel like it's going to come back up later on in this episode with yeah. our, our main topic for today. But uh, possible solutions? Change it. <laughs> change it back. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're... There were 25 original ones. At least let the 25 original species yeah. still get the original paperwork. But anyway, we'll, we'll dive into that later. Um why every fish can be a sport fish. That was more of a statement, but I know what he's saying with the question is, yeah. why can't everything on our species list become a sport fish? Technically, a sport fish or a game fish is something that you target, I guess, to eat. and Or, or I think... Game the, fish is ga- to eat. Sport fish is for sport. I guess. Either right, way. Right. I see what he's saying, though. Why are some things classified differently than others when the majority why do some people consider something a trash fish and other fish are right when you're catch and releasing long nose gar the same way you catch and release 
largemouth bass, largemouth bass is considered a game fish. Long-nosed gar is considered a trash a fish, fish or rough fish or, you know, a non-game fish. Yeah. But you're basically doing the same thing. You're spending money to catch them. Chances are you're not harvesting largemouth bass. I'd say the overwhelming majority of people aren't. So I see what you're saying, man. And I think the tide is turning on that. Actually, a good thing you can mention is the bow fishing. Yeah, they actually, one thing the VDWR did do very well, um, they have updated the laws for uh, bow fishing, sounds, which is... Sounds like this should have been in Fishing News and we forgot it, to mention yeah. it earlier. So, uh, Fishing News Part 2. Anyway, yeah, but... Um, so, they updated the laws on bow fishing. Um, two of our main native species that have always been massive targets for bow fishing, which is sad to say the least. Um, the bowfin and the gar, the regulations have been changed. It used to be... I believe gar and bowfin both... Gar were a 10-fish per person bag limit, and bowfin were five. Um, this is per person per day. Are you sure is, about that? Yeah, gar were 10. I didn't even think they were... I know they had a bag limit. Okay. Gar had 10, but it's so high, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you've got three people in the boat, 30 gar. Yeah, yeah. And no one's policing it. But yeah. anyway, I it's now, the biggest part it's it. now on paper... In the rule book, um, from April fifteenth to July fifteenth, which the significance of those dates are spawning. That season. is the spawning season for right. both species. The bag limit has now been lowered to one per person per day for That's both gar and bowfin. Yeah, still higher than we'd all like it to be. It should be illegal, at least if you're going to outlaw it. Outlaw during the spawn, but we we severely dropped it. Hopefully, right. it deters people from even wanting to go mess with them. And uh, after that, it goes back to, I believe, five. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. where You might be able to pull it up on I your have it on my Facebook. Probably. I'm adjusting some of my audio levels right now. I think I was a little quiet. So if you notice a change in um, the... Uh, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know it's making a terrible noise. I don't know how to make it stop. Yes. Okay, so uh, April 15th to June 30th, sorry. It is, so uh, that's spawning season. Yes, yeah, so spawn. When they're easiest to shoot. And it's five per day, July 1st to April 14th. So the biggest thing about July 1st to April 14th, anybody that knows about bow fishing in this area, the places they're bow fishing, once July gets here, the grass has grown up mm-hmm. a lot. So when they're trying to get into the shallows, there's they're a lot harder to shoot once that grass grows up right. because they have places to hide, especially the bowfin. Right. So, um, yeah, while it may be five per day from July 1st to April 14th, the rest of the summer there's so much grass they struggle, and then once it gets cold they go deep. So no one's out there bow fishing in the cold. Yeah, and the big thing about changing it for the spring is literally when gars school up to spawn – you could hit them. Yeah, I mean, you can hit them in the head with a paddle if you wanted to. There's so many of them, yeah. and they're so dumb. They have one thing on the mind, and you know, you can basically pick them up out of the water with your hands. They're so easy. So, yeah. it's not a lot of sporting in there to shoot them that way. So, you know, the bow fishing thing—it's gotten such a stronghold in our outdoors culture nowadays that I don't think it's going away. But, which, you know, it is what it is. We do have a blue cat problem. So, by all means, shoot the blue cats and kind of 
knock those numbers That's down. The, other thing. the DWR, there's another thing they could do better, just to touch on it. Yeah. There does not need to be a limit on blue cats. Yeah, this is just dumb. We have too many. One Which, fish per day over 38 inches. Anytime we bring this up, we can definitely end up receiving some heat from cat fishermen. But from multi-species anglers that target everything and don't just fish for catfish, we have a catfish problem. There's too many of them. But... Um, yeah, so it's good to see some regulations being put in place for a native species to try to help them along, you know. Yeah, I mean, fish that have been here before humans were a thing. Yeah, so. I, I think people that have a problem with gar and bowfin haven't spent the time to fish for them and really appreciate them. I mean, you know, you're always going to have the guys that hate them no matter what, but if you're a newbie listening to this and you're new new to the world of fishing and you want to go out and experience some cool stuff and you don't want to expand your horizons beyond the the fish that you could just go into bass pro and buy baits for like you can hit either one of us up on social media and we'd be more than happy to help you figure out how to catch your first gar both and we just we want to educate people on these species because they are so cool and they've been here so long so you know Get out there and try to catch them. But it is cool to see some regulations being put in place for those things to try to protect them moving forward. Yeah. Um, especially for me, considering I'm trying to catch a state record long nose gar, and it's that, disheartening <laughs> when people are smoking them with an arrow yeah. all the time. But it is a segue to the next question. Uh, which oh. state record would you want to beat? Yeah. Well, there you go. That uh, <laughs> That's pretty solid. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> um, I legitimately have a list of probably 15 species that i have like state record stuff in mind which sounds crazy but i had this list of 15 prior to me beating the fallfish state record this may so you know one thing at a time 14 (laughs) don't doubt me i'll prove you wrong no but uh i would say my two big ones right now or my two pie in the sky ones are long nose gar just because everything i just mentioned i like fishing for gar so much i love the species and flathead catfish neither one of them i've put forth 100 percent of my effort so i'm still kind of the beginning stages of doing it i've tried for the gar a few times and i've gotten within striking distance but i still haven't broke the 20 pound mark and 25 pounds is our state record so i have a long way to go on that but Flathead catfish would be mine. The gar, you've seen, we've seen the fish. Yeah, the giants are out there. There's no question we've about that. We've both laid eyes on multiple fish that easily break that record. We went for white perch the other day and literally saw probably half a dozen on sonar that had to be absolutely massive. Yeah. Which reminds me, Grant was bitching last episode of not having a white perch citation. Hate them. Hate them. It just so happened I went fishing this weekend. While I was working the fly fishing, Joe. And caught a white perch citation. I just don't. I don't want to rub it in or anything. But you know, caught another trophy white perch without you. It's fine. Uh, but <laughs> that and the uh, the flathead catfish. I, I cut my teeth chasing flathead catfish. It was my first like species that wasn't farm pond largemouth bass. So the flathead kind of opened me up to the world of chasing bigger fish. So. That is my favorite fish species, and that is one that I want to try to get the state record in, and it's one that I think I have a pretty decent idea about where he might be, but any of this stuff's just about putting the time in, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. But do you have one? That... Um, it's a I, long shot because, I mean. I I mean ne- I've never known you to talk about wanting to break records or anything. I mean, but 
probably, I mean, the number one for me would be the Bowfin. Yeah. Um, 16.4 pounds. It's I mean, a that's freaking massive. giant. Massive. And, like, the thing is, the Virginia State record Bowfin is one of the biggest ones. Like, yeah. if you look all across the country at the Bowfin records, they're all between, like, 14 and 18 pounds. Yeah. There's, I think, I think there's, there's one that's at, like, 20. But Yeah. There's a few 20s, I think. I think, think it's like but Michigan. It's like 21 pounds. Or nah, something. that can't be right. It's some, One state is 21 pounds. I think it's, it's Florida. I, think I don't it's know. It's a northern state. Could I can't be. remember. But either way, 16.4. I mean, that's really big. But um, I'm pretty sure I've seen a fish that would challenge that. Um, It's, I don't know. I have a feeling a state record bowfin's going to get caught by a cat fisherman one day. Yeah, I mean, I, they get caught on cut bait a lot accidentally. I feel like yeah. that's who's probably going to catch it. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine a 16-pound bowfin on artificial with like the end of the line. I, you and I have talked about this yeah. a dozen times. It's not so. It's there's a bunch of factors that go into that's that's part a fish. of the reason why I think a cat fisherman's going to be the one yeah. to catch it because they're mm-hmm. geared to catch it. If right. you hook a 16-pound bowfin on a regular medium heavy stock. bass rod on a spinnerbait, you're done. Yeah. It's going to break the spinnerbait. It's going to break yeah. the rod. You're, you're yeah. not catching the fish. Yeah. You and period. I talk about this all the time. It's yeah. not just finding the fish. It's also being equipped to land being it. Being prepared when the fish bites. Not screwing it up. Yeah. Right. Which is, I mean, we talked. bowfin, I mean, good Lord, I probably hooked 100 bowfin last year and landed like 15. It's like. It's frustrating. Catching a bowfin is like trying to like get a wet house cat into a like a bag like, <laughs> like they're just freaking out i mean that's the best analogy i could come up with pretty, off the top of my head accurate, but like dude. think about a house cat you've gotten it wet and you have to try to get into a cat carrier and like how insane that cat is gonna be that's what it's like trying to land a bowfin they absolutely freak out so Unless you have heavy gear, heavy line, heavy hooks, heavy everything, and, like, you execute perfectly to where you don't lose that fish, that's the only way you're going to catch it. And even when you get it in the boat, I mean, that thing is going to destroy everything when it's in the boat. Yeah, and then you might go through all that, and that fish might be 15 pounds, 14 ounces. You know what I mean? It's just It didn't have that extra bluegill in its stomach to, you know, get it there. So... But uh, and then th- Rob's next question is: Can the state record largemouth bass? Oh, which be beaten? state record do you think may never be beaten? Oh, I'm sorry, one. I skipped that one. Um, hmm. Channel cat. No. Mm, Into like 38 pounds. 32. I don't know, man. I talked to that biologist with the Suffolk Lakes, and he yeah. said that there's like a solid chance. Blue cat is big. It's like 143 I know we've, pounds. We fished those lakes a lot and caught a lot of channel. What's the biggest one we've caught? Just realistically, 14 pounds. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. <laughs> We're 40 percent of the way there. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> keep, keep, keep. Where it. was that fish caught? The the state record channel cat. Uh, Rappahannock River. I'm pretty. It was sh- a blue. I'm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it might have been a misdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, misidentified. Blue cat. We see misidentified walleye and saw guy getting posted all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to bring up the Virginia state record fish list. It like Let's one see. of the Virginia sauger citations that there's a picture of out there a walleye. Um, no, the sauger's definitely a sauger. It's three pounds. Uh, I'd be like one I'd, of the citation pictures of a sauger that I have seen was a walleye. I opened it up, and the first one is a four pound, ten ounce black crappie. I mean, there's no... Black crappy, no way. A like, four-pound, yeah. ten-ounce black crappy. For a crappy. second, I was like, white crappy. 
not impossible. Much more likely a white, but obviously now they're separated. Yeah, there's, I mean, a a black four pound ten ounce black crappy. Uh, backstory: that was caught by a four year old with a Snoopy rod. I don't know if of you'll be able to see that photo or not if you're watching the oh, YouTube Chris. version of this. But the guy holding it is the kid's dad. <laughs> the the angler is the four year old boy standing beside with his Power Rangers hoodie on so uh yeah four pound ten ounce black crappy probably never gonna be beaten um, um let's see i think blue cat will get beaten in the next couple years the brown trout's an iffy one 14 pound 12 12 ounces that's a big brown but you might run into one in one of the lakes that just happens to go 15 you're never 1985 was 18 11 yeah out of smith river you're never gonna get a, a 15 pound brown trout out of 49 a stream. pound four ounce common cart i think that fish is out there yeah i, I mean think it's, it's not like insane but that is just so big yeah but you know carp get bigger well, than that. Well, he, here's the answer to the question. The state record that will never be beaten, 8-pound, 12-ounce coho salmon. Yeah. <laughs> that was set in 1971. We don't even have coho salmon. We have it's it for pot. They don't even put them in there anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Hybrid striper is going down this year. I'm calling it 15-pound, 13-ounce hybrid striper. That's going to get caught out of Lake Anna. For sure. Um, huh, they don't separate oh. tiger and regular muskie. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would say the northern pike at 31 pounds, 4 ounces, but I bet you there's a giant out four there Four pound, somewhere. 12 ounce ready or sunfish? Yeah, that's not getting beaten. Private pod? No way. That's 1986. That's double the size of most. First off, of a lot of Virginia state records have like a pre-1985. What's the deal with that? that they was... changed like the qualifications for it, I yeah. think. Well, this one was caught in 1986. Yeah. Well, that's when yeah. they like wiped all the old records. Four pound, 12 ounce, ready or sunfish. Yeah. Massive. I don't see that. Both the panfish. Yeah. So both the panfish records. Sauger, three pounds, Ronald Davis. Yeah. That was caught that a couple like... of years ago. Um. I've seen the picture of that fish. It's uh, Sauger's one of those ones like you could easily run into the state record because if you're getting lucky enough to run into a Sauger, I mean, what the hell? The chances are it could be a state record. It's hard enough to catch Sauger as it is. Yeah, you never know what you're gonna get. You know, all the rest are beatable. I think three pound two ounce white perch, fifty three pound seven ounce striped bass. I don't know. I don't know if there's anywhere left in the state that'll produce one that's bigger than 53 pounds. That was caught Smith, in Lee. Smith's the only place. Yeah, Smith but Mountain. you don't see. I mean, when's the last time you've seen a 30 pounder come out of Smith Mountain Lake? But 30s are pretty common. They're caught by the live shad guides mm. and stuff. But like 53 is huge. Yeah, like, it's caught in <laughs> Leesville Reservoir. Too. I would say walleye, but we almost saw that got. Getting yeah, broken. We know somebody like, who's almost beat that. Yeah, literally 15 pound, 15 ounce walleye out of the, the new fact river. That our old record was 22 pounds, 8 ounces. Yeah. And and the guy we both know who we've talked to at the boat ramp before caught one that was 15, 6 maybe. Yeah, it was within like. Within half a pound of the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those fish are out there. That's the cool. I, when I. When I get thinking and talking about this stuff, that is the coolest part about all this for me is because you look at a list like this, and it's like, God, these numbers are so huge. It's like I can't even imagine a 16-pound walleye. <laughs> There's then, a goldfish bow fishing record. <laughs> yeah, that's that's up in D.C. Yeah. But anyway, what, what I was saying, it's just you hear this stuff, and like these numbers are almost unobtainable, and then somebody just go pop one off, and it's like, it's oh. It's like smallmouth. Mm-hmm. We 
personally know someone yep. who 100% caught a bigger smallmouth yep. than that state record. Our buddy Brian it. Strife, yep. yep. Caught one that was probably, what, nine pounds, something like it that? It was over 8-1. Yeah, like, on, no a fly, question. Right, on a caught fly rod. On a fly rod on topwater in August. In a river. Fish was 25 and a half inches long. Yeah. So that's the thing, man. Like, you, you see these records, and it's like, man, those just, it's like a, a pie in the sky. Ounce white perch. Yeah, well, that's a big one. But, well, that was just broken in 2012. I mean, private pond. Private pond's like the ace in the hole. If you got a private pond with white perch in it, you can grow them as big as you want to. This well, it's like our eat. largest state record fish is a blue cat. It's 143 pounds. Oh, here's one that will never be beaten. Six pound, 13 ounce white bass. That's actually the world record. It is. What is it? The white bass. Oh, yeah. Out of Lake Orange. That yeah, is that's the, not getting beaten. That's the all tackle world record for white bass. But, but yeah, man. Let me finish this thought before we go on. <laughs> Keep interrupting it. That is the part about this stuff that is the coolest to me. It's the fact that you look at a list like this and you go down through the state records and you go, these are massive. They'll never be beaten. And then a guy we know goes and rattles off a walleye that's almost 16 pounds. It's like, or Brian Strife catching that smallmouth. You catch the same size fish so much, you kind of get disheartened. It's like, ah, oh, those giants aren't out there still, but they are. Those huge fish are out there. It's just a matter of time for people to run into them. But that, that's that's all I had to say about that. It, it um, just it's cool. But yeah, yeah, I my vote, Rob, would be the four pound ten ounce black crappie. I I never see and it. Red ear and the red ear and the four pound the, thirteen ounce red ear sunfish out of a pond. Yeah, it's that that's. The red, ears pro- the red ears probably more... That fish was eating cornmeal. That yeah. was a 100% yeah. hand-fed fish. Yeah, that the I'd say, yeah, your red ear takes the vote. Because I could see a super freak crappy growing huge in a pond, but a red ear... I mean, that's huge. That's larger than my laptop. That's a Lake Havasu red ear. Yeah. The, you know. I but, mean, that's like the size of the ones they were catching. They caught that yeah. one was like five pounds, and it was on the front of like every fishing story. Yeah, right. Okay, well, his next question, can the state record largemouth be beaten? And I say absolutely, especially with yeah. what we've seen out of OHIV and Josh Jones and all those guys down there fishing yeah, with the live I think with scopes. technology now, you're going to start seeing an average size of these fish getting caught. It's going to go up. What makes you think about, like, these lakes that <clears throat> have those big fish in it, but they're suspended, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's – and we'll, we'll, we'll probably tie this question – into topic our topic though. today our topic today has everything to do with, with bass trophy yeah. fish and largemouth so we'll and get yeah, into that later the state record largemouth though what is it 16 8 16 uh, 4 i have it right here it is 16 is it? something it is LLL. largemouth bass 16 pounds four ounces out of lake connor and yeah that was, i get those two mixed up 16 8 is the bowfin 16 4 is the bass mm-hmm. that was may 20th 1985 by richard tate and that, that, I mean, 16 pound, almost 16 and a half pound largemouth for Virginia. If I remember correctly, massive. I don't think a bass over 10 pounds has been registered out of that lake in like 10 years either. Mm, I don't know. I, I think it sells some good genes. I can't, I can't just say stuff like that because I have no idea. I don't pay enough attention to, to any of it, but I'm sure there's some guys catching it's hammers in Six, Connor. It's a largemouth. So. Yeah. There's no point in even trying to guess where it would come from because every lake has them. I would say if if you had a gun to my head right now and you said, how was the next state record largemouth going to get caught? I would say it's going to come out of one of these lakes that gets stocked with trout, like, like an Elkhorn Lake or something like that. One of these 
featureless fishbowl lakes that gets inundated with stalker rainbows yeah. every fall. And those fish don't get fish for because nobody's really bass fishing these lakes. And it's just it's sitting there eating trout, getting big, and it's probably suspended most of the time. It's like as two schools of thought. It's either going to be in one of those western lakes that gets stocked with trout. Yeah. The thing is, they stock trout in lakes all the way down in Chesapeake. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those lakes, at, but the problem is none of the lakes in Chesapeake have, are big enough. Yeah. You need a bigger body of water. Like, yeah. that's known. A 16-pound fish isn't going to grow in a pond. Like, they got to be to a certain There's size body of water. probably one in Sandy River right now. It's a state record. Probably. I mean, we fished that Yak Attack tournament a couple of years ago, and they uh, they had this shocking They shocked up like a 13-pounder right 14. in front of me when I was pre-fishing. Yeah, it was like a 14-pounder or something like that. So, the, those fish, that's the thing. Those fish yeah, are the out LV there. Do, like, I was out there pre-fishing, just messing around. I was like two weeks before the tournament. And the shocking boat jumped in front of me, like while I was going down a bank. Yeah. And the guy yelled to me, he said, "Hey, man, you mind if we cut in front of you?" I was like, "I'm trying to fish down this bank," <laughs> yeah. and he says, "Oh, no worries, we're going to be quick. We're going to ruin your literally day shocking fish that I'm trying to catch." He got 30 yards in front of me, put the chains down, and a 14 pounder shocked up yeah. right in front. Not saying I would have caught it. They stole that fish from you. But there's zero percent chance I could catch it now. <laughs> so. They stole that fish from you. How dare they? Um, um, I tell you what, state yeah, record is never going to get broken. That three pound nine ounce fall fish caught by Josh Dolan last year. No, get broken sure. by Josh Dolan. Yeah, with a four pounder. You better believe it. Yeah. I'm going back for it. But, but uh, yeah, yeah it, largemouth bass could definitely be beaten. I think. Yeah, it's it's going to be. It's either going to be the two schools of thought. I didn't finish that thought. The two schools of thought are a trout lake somewhere that gets stocked with trout, which there's dozens of lakes in the state that could be potential big enough get stocked with trout, or somewhere in the southeastern part of the state that has a longer growing season. I I could 100% see one of those a fish that size coming out of one of the Suffolk lakes. Yeah, just given the. You know, of biomass and, and food that they have. Yeah. I mean, everything we catch out of the Suffolk Lakes is big, every species. So, I don't know. I would say there's no less than a dozen state record largemouth swimming out there right now somewhere. It's just a matter of time before somebody runs into one. And then you have the fact of private ponds. Yeah. And, and these dudes stocking them with bait fish. Yeah, tiger, and, tiger bass. Yeah, tiger, stocking them with tiger bass. Giving them plenty of food, creating a bass factory, and then boom, somebody rattles off a 17-pound largey that's full of food, you know. Which, you know, we can argue whether or not should be accepted, but it is what it is. And then Rob's last question here uh, is the... Virginia Tarpon, the Holy Grail citation. And I would say for saltwater, probably. It depends on how much you really care about it. But isn't the tarpon citation pretty small? Isn't it like if you catch one, you, you get I a citation? It's just if you land one. Like yeah. a catch and release tarpon. there's a side. minimum. Right. It's like billfish. If you yeah. catch a billfish yeah. out of Virginia, that's a citation. I wouldn't see, say that If it's, it's not, it's something. It's fairly small. Like any one you catch is going to be paid I'd for say it. just a Virginia tarpon, whether or not it is a citation is yeah a, i mean i wouldn't even worry thing. about the citation so much i would just say landing a virginia tarpon is huge yeah but then again we've talked about josh and i've talked about this a lot not like throwing shade on anybody that spends a lot of time doing it there are guys who catch quite a few of them yeah like yeah. quite a few of them yeah. in the summertime 
I just it's, think it they're in such a remote location. Mm-hmm. There, it's not a cheap trip for anybody unless yeah. you live over there. It's they're just not getting fished for that yeah. much. There's not a lot of guys over there playing with them. Not as many as you would think. It takes a hardcore angler that knows the water well that really cares about doing it. And there's not a lot of guys that have all those ingredients. And trust me, there's a lot of guys who have spent many, many, many hours over there to catch yeah. them and haven't done it. So, I mean, I, it's not saying it's not extremely difficult because yeah. it definitely is. I mean, well, tarpon are hard in Florida where you see them every day. A lot of our buddies that have tried it have also kind of hamstring themselves and trying to do it in kayaks too, which is just an, another added layer yeah, I don't of care difficulty if kayak <laughs> just, if i'm going i'm going in the skiff yeah but I, what i'm saying is we know tons of guys that went and tried to do it but they're trying to do it in kayaks which you know is incredibly difficult so and i know what they're doing it because if you catch one in the kayak no, you're you're the man yeah. so but uh it's i don't know if somebody might have done it Maybe. i feel like so, i don't know but anyway yeah catching a virginia tarpon is Top of the list stuff, man. I mean, in terms of sport fish in Virginia, that's probably, yeah. Pretty, I mean, I can't imagine anything being much higher than that. For those of you that don't know, the tarpon species about as far north of its range as you get is the Virginia Eastern Shore. Yeah. So, we're we're probably the tip tip top of their range, and they're only here for maybe two months, something yeah. like that. Very short window. When we're at our hottest, when the water's at its hottest yeah. up here. So. There's a very short window. Yeah, we really shouldn't even have them up here, but they come up here. So, and then I'd say, I mean, obviously the freshwater holy grails that sauger, the holy grail trophy citation for freshwater's got to be sauger. It's such an obscure species. It's incredibly difficult, and our requirement is massive. Yeah, our requirement's bigger than most sauger that you're gonna catch. I mean, anywhere. It's like not just in Virginia, but just anywhere. I know it's the requirement. I believe is eighteen inches. I can bring it up real quick, but uh, it's 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 silly big. I mean, you know, it's same deal. Like catching a a sauger in Virginia is hard enough as it is. Well, the, the rivers that that they're in, nobody nobody that fishes there gives a crap about sauger. They're in a part of the state that doesn't. It's not super technologically savvy the rivers you're talking about are like it's 30 feet wide <laughs> i'm trying to think of like the description it's secluded that's probably yeah. the best way to put it there's not a lot of people yeah. there. there's not a lot of people fishing there and there's not a lot of people giving two shits about a soccer right. side of the state too there's just not a lot of i mean it's i mean it's like west virginia there's not a lot of jobs no. you kind of got to go out of your way to get a job somewhere out yeah. of state or whatever so it's it's just that it's a very rural part of the state it's so. like the most appalachia you get in virginia <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so it is as far away from richmond as you can possibly get you're talking about the clinch and powell rivers it's a six hour drive from richmond so yeah, you you could there's like very few places in the state of virginia you can drive more than six hours mm-hmm. without yeah. driving in circles and yeah we're talking about like in the state down near bristol tennessee like way yeah. way down there so the thing about the sauger is most citations that are caught are caught on accident and there's not a lot of information about them, and it's just kind of a hard thing to do. It's a very specific time of year in a very specific place with almost no info about it. If you get any sort of rain, it ruins the water. 
and it makes it impossible. And on top of all that, uh, very two, very short season to fish for them too. Two pounds or eighteen inches. That's a big sauger anywhere that has sauger. I mean Ohio Even places that have a lot. The Ohio River Valley, all that stuff. Those places that have big sauger. Even those I, guys that catch them accidentally while they're like walleye fishing at the Great Lakes. Yeah, the so ones they catch are like twelve inches. That's long. a big. And it's not you can't just hire a guide and show up and catch yeah, sauger. No guides for sauger. Yeah, like the guys that hire guides to do some of the citation stuff. You're not gonna hire a guide for sauger, like. You have to go do it. So it's there's quite a few species you're not gonna be able to hire a guide for. <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot of freshwater drum. Actually, I take that back. You well, can, you'll get them accidentally. Yeah, while your northern fishing. pike guide doesn't exist. Yeah, but I don't know. Anyway, we'll that, take you out for a guided trip for saw guy. <laughs> yeah, you probably have a better chance at saw guy than a lot of these other things. But I don't know. It's just saugers the freshwater one it's it's uh i actually opened tiktok uh, <laughs> i'm trying to get us ready for our next segment uh but yeah just to put a bow on that i would say tarpon is definitely the virginia saltwater citation that's kind of the holy grail and freshwaters 100 percent without question the sauger so it's uh two very difficult species to catch yeah, and the holy grail thing it, it's definitely goes person to person too yeah i mean it depends anybody, on what like, you care about yeah. most people don't give two shits about a sauger no. rightfully so because yeah. it's the holy grail for the master angler chasing people like us that are chasing all the different species yeah but if you're just fishing i would say probably the most popular holy grail fish is a freaking bass yeah. like the most popular sport fish right so but that's all you know that's all up in the air for whatever you personally care about but Right. If you're chasing multiple species in freshwater, it's the sauger. Right. So, to uh, wrap that up, thanks a lot, Rob. Uh, great questions. Uh, you have a great name. Very envious of you. Rob Wrecker. Super cool name. Uh, Rob on Instagram, so check him out. Rob gets into the bass fishing stuff. He's a super cool dude. We've got to hang out with him at the Fishing Expo a bunch. Yeah, I think we're going to see him at the Expo this weekend. Are we? I think he's going to be there. Ah, cool. All right, well. See you soon. Yeah, maybe. But anyway. This will be well after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <recorded>. yeah. Saw ya. <laughs> yeah, saw ya. Great seeing you, Rob. Yeah. We're in some You weird, keep doing you, man. We're in some weird time warp here. But, uh, cool. So, our next segment is going to be a new uh, staple in the uh, show. It is a new segment called Fish Talks. So Grant and I send each other fishing TikToks daily, every single day. So we're like, hey, what the hell? Let's include them on the show and let everybody in on the joke. So if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. You just have to go find it on YouTube. Our TikTok algorithms are very finely tuned. Yeah. Because we decided we were going to add this right before the show started or right before we started recording. It took like... 12 minutes yeah, to find yeah. all these. Yeah, so I don't know. I think we have like tw- Maybe. I have like 20 of them saved. I don't well, we're not so we're not going to go through that many, I don't think. We're going to I'll give it a good couple minutes uh but most of them are only 10 seconds long anyway. So. Yeah, so the the premise for this segment moving forward, uh I'm going to set some guidelines here. Anything fishing related, anything water related, anything boating related. Or animals. There's gonna be a lot of qualified captain worthy. Yeah, so stuff on here doesn't have to some be, of it might be from qualified captain. Yeah, doesn't have to be specifically fishing related. Just kind of water, aquatic, boating, whatever. You kind of get the idea. That's sort of the vibe. So uh, I have them on my phone. Grant, let's take a look at these and uh, 
see what we think. I, I've seen this video that I'm, we're about to play first here. Oh, God. So <laughs> we have a dude <laughs> with a... Stocking truck full of what looks like trout. St- yeah, it's got to be trout, I think. Dude rip, Dude busted open the hatch to let him loose. Is that trout or... No, what is that? Here that's... It's like Paku or something. That's not even this country. Those are like Piranha. I don't know, but dude know. stands... We were uh, thinking it was in this country. It's definitely not. Yeah, it's definitely not this country. Dude I mean, busts open the release on the tank and just eats it. <laughs> Goes yeah, in the water that, that's some other country. I don't know, but dude stands right in front of the barrel of this uh, stocking, stocking truck and just eats it in... He Has gets thousands of fish dumped right on his head. Yeah, I mean, he got stocked right along with the fish. So, super interesting. Uh, our next one here. Oh, great. It's me. <laughs> we. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Forever will live in infamy. Oh, I'm wearing the same shirt. How about that? He is actually wearing the same shirt nice. in the video. That's, yeah, you know, I have an extensive wardrobe. Uh, so, what we're looking at here is. Just a fat idiot <laughs> breaking a rod on camera. No, okay, I can explain this. So, literally, like a week before this was filmed, we yeah, were drum fishing. Yeah, this is last year. Uh, we went drum fishing on Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel, which was a topic of our last podcast. We talked about a little bit, episode two. I had this jigging rod and I broke a fish off. And I got mad and slammed it down on the kayak. Which, tunnel. as you can see in the frame here, uh, the Hobie Pro Anglers have a uh, metal rail system that goes down yeah. the side. The A-trail. So, yeah, the A-trail system. So the uh, blank of the rod smacked against that metal rail. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big a stupid idiot velocity. and got mad and slammed my rod down, cracked the graphite, and I proceeded, yeah, proceeded to go to Florida a week later and hook into a juvenile Goliath grouper in, in the, the mangroves. mangroves. And it just <laughs> explodes the rod. I mean, it is it dies in a tragic fashion. If just, you want to look this TikTok up, you get, just have a blast reading the comments. Oh, yeah. It, it got, $400 reel and a $10 Walmart yeah, rod. Yeah, everybody. Every I got my rod from Wish. I didn't know Kmart still existed. Yeah. Like, all that good stuff. So I got drugged through the mud on this one, rightfully so. But whatever. I don't take myself too serious. So let's play this one more time. Yep. There's the fish eating. There's me setting into it, and it explodes. <laughs> so, yeah. I ended up having to hand line that fish in. Did you and, catch that fish? Yeah, I caught it. Yeah, good stuff. Comedy of errors. Yep, it did. But uh, ended up handlining this juvenile Goliath grouper through the mangroves. It, yeah, that's my buddy David Graham filming. So yeah, just another calamity of errors. But uh, ended up landing the fish, getting a new rod, and just made some uh, TikTok gold. That thing has ninety-two thousand likes. So. Suck anything it, nerds. <laughs> yeah, anything for the likes. All right, moving on. I have no idea what this oh. is. The title is This Is Why You Shouldn't Pee in Water or Drink It. And that is gross. <laughs> I don't know why you included this. It is some chick drinking water out of a waterfall, and there's a dude upstream taking a leak. I did not expect to see that on here. That's water-related. <laughs> Unexpected. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. The Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> I, I didn't vet any of these, so I have no idea what's coming down the pipe. That's the only questionable one. Okay. Here we have Tug of War with the Pets. I'm guessing this is probably... Uh, it's GTs. Uh, GTs. They have a bait fish on a string standing on the dock. 
they're not hooking them, but it's still wild. They're just plopping a cut fish in the water and GT. That's gnarly. Cool. Yeah. All right. Crazy. Yep. Seen this one a bunch. Hate everything. Yep. Dude. So this, I believe... I'd be in the truck headed to the boat ramp. Yeah, this is in Europe. I think maybe the River Ebro. They're either carp fishing or Wells catfish fishing. And Dude's that's, catching hands. Yeah, so <laughs> this dude, the way they do these fish... Uh, that's carp, too. Look at those rods. That's mm, not Wells catfish. Type. No, they, they do spinning for Wells cats over there. That, yeah. This is very well... I, this could easily be Wells cats. But yeah. on the River Ebro in Spain, they have very high banks, and what they do is they put all the rods together kind of in a pod, and then they paddle their baits out to different parts of the river. Well, they're <laughs> up on a bluff as well, which I, it's partly this guy's fault for... Because you know those lines were just way out there. Yeah. I mean, that boat's not close to shore. No. But boat runs through all those lines and almost rips about six rods in the water and just dumps this dude's spool and... Super good. Jeez. Yep. Blue sweatpants. All good stuff. Just terrible. Only uh, only consolation is that boat definitely does not have a prop seal anymore. Oh, yeah. Dude. That dude's going to put his boat on the trailer. Everything's hunky-dory. He's going to wake up tomorrow morning. There's going to be gallons of oil under his boat. That reminds me. I need to take the prop off my Minn Kota. I have so much line in it. Yeah, do I that. just remembered that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cool. Uh, by the way, I still haven't found my eight-horsepower... Uh, cowling for my outboard so if you happen to have one of those if you could just the 1994 uh 1996 oh, 1996 eight horse mercury uh yep, two stroke two stroke yep uh my cowling if decided you know to go on a vacation and it has not come back yet so if you could send me one that'd be great all right here's our next video back boated this hard Guggen squad Oh my god. Oh yeah. I've done this to you a couple times for sure. <laughs> for dude, sure. Just getting wrecked. <laughs> for sure. Dude swings the back into the boat through the trees. Oh yeah. I've definitely done that to you a couple times, I'm pretty sure. Have you ever been Hang on to the important stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, moving on. Josh Dolan live on TikTok. Yep. Yep. This is why you can't give me money. This dude, 25 miles offshore, and he looks like he's in a 15-horsepower John boat. Or a 15 aluminum, John that's boat. a homemade aluminum boat. Yep. There's a bunch of videos yep. of that guy. That boat definitely came over from Cuba two weeks ago. That's pretty cool. Oh, uh, yeah, this one's terrible. Look at the angle of the hitch. Uh, that's not good. Barely oh, holding on. Trailer is scraping. So we have a, what I'm going to estimate is probably a $500,000 boat and a 50-cent trailer hitch. <laughs> it's just to give you an idea about what we're yeah, looking at Yeah, you don't here. pull probably 30-plus-foot boats with a, like, Walmart Kurt brand hitch. Yeah, that was, well, if you look, he also had the hitch on upside down. Love it. See how it's curving over the top? It's not supposed to do that. We needed that little bit of extra height. Yeah, I'm sure he <laughs> I get did. that trailer off the ground. <laughs> Needs two inches, just like all of us. All right, anyway, moving on. Uh, this is one that I saved. This right, dude's got one of the sea uh, like fishing skis or whatever. First off, he had me nervous there in the beginning. Yeah, I thought he was going to roll off. But uh, d anyway, dude lands a mahi. It's pretty cool. This video is a little bit longer than what I remembered it being. Grab that slide bar at the bottom and yeah, shoot it up there a little bit. Yep. Dude, dome piece is pretty solid mahi. thought it was cool. That's pretty cool. Yep. It's pretty legit. 
Jet ski fishing is the new kayak fishing. Shit's cool. All right, moving on. Ah, here's what happens when you uh, land a shark in your boat and you have no business landing a shark in your boat. You scream like a... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of the same <laughs> uh, thing. Yes, uh, <laughs> thing we always do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just some goofy goobers landing a shark in the... They, I'll give them some fish Those skeever. things are way stronger than you think sure. when you go to pick them up. Okay, well, They're hard to control, but that's still funny. Yeah. They are blatantly terrified of that creature. Yeah, they should have just not done that. Yep, and once again, if you're listening to this instead of watching it, I highly recommend you watch yeah. it. But anyway. Especially going forward. Moving on. What would, yeah, how about this? Yep. Yep, shit my pants. That's what I do. That's terrifying. Jesus. Spear fisherman comes up, breaks the surface, and There's literally a ski boat or like a like a pleasure boat coming at him full speed, five feet from him. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't get smoked. It looks like his spear gun like hits. The it's boat. literally it's like one of those jump scare videos. You ever see the videos where the people jump off the cliff and like the the camera goes into the water and there's like a shark swimming by and it's like very clearly edited. Yeah. Except this is this real. This is not edited. This is real. This is a dude almost literally almost dying. He's spear fishing. Breaks the surface of the water. <laughs> like, imagine, imagine you open your eyes and there's a train in front of you. That's what's happening to this guy. The very first thing he sees when he breaks the surface is a boat at the end of his nose. Terrifying. Not great. Um, this is pretty cool. We've seen this a couple times over the years. Dude catches a northern pike, cuts its belly open. Oh, look, a brim. Wow. Still alive. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> They're ice fishing. They go throw it in the hole. Puts it back in the hole. I don't know if dude swam away. It wasn't a great effort, but. No way. He's trying. Yeah. He's gone. We like to think he survived. Yeah, yeah. Makes for a better story. So, that dude is going to have a story that nobody's going to believe. So, uh, we have a father and a son fishing. This father is very animated. So proud of you. Oh no, I know why this is funny. Wait for it. Yes, yes, no. Dude gets smacked in the tape by a large mouth. Oh yeah, that kid's gonna remember that for the rest of his life. Decent fish too. Yeah, it's like a four pounder. Eh. Anyway, gets you hit get the, it. Gets slapped in the butthole by a fish. It's not great. Oh, here we go. We got the uh, turbo diesel Pakistan. Well, probably not Pakistan. <laughs> a lot of desert out there. This is uh, Tha- Thailand. 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 Or somewhere. Yeah, it's very Pacific. But it's like a fishing trawler that has. That's a turbo. This <laughs> has got a turbo blow off. But some crab fishing. No, never in any years. Oh, wait for this. Water drops back. Yikes. And you're underwater. That's fine. Don't even flinch. Yep. Some crab fishermen. Anyway, this goes in line with the Thailand. Are those fishing. little diesel mm-hmm. speedboats. Yeah. yeah, those things are dark. Yeah, this video goes a little different than what we normally see with them. Oh. Uh, we see what we always imagine what would happen. And... Bad oh, day. Yikes. 
Dude skipped across the water like a stone. Literally everything we've wondered what would happen. It's like there's no way all these guys ride these little like yeah, basically like a dugout canoe looking yeah. boat. They're itty bitty with like a 454 big block in it. Yeah. Anyway, screaming. He LS swapped his uh <laughs> his wooden canoe <laughs> and <laughs> wouldn't you know it, he ate shit and died. Anyway, probably didn't die, but who knows? Maybe he did. Uh, I think we've seen this video before. Yeah, that boat is gone. This is every time I go to Lake Michigan in my John boat, I'm terrified that this is going to happen. I mean, they sunk it. Yeah, that is a sunk gone. bass boat. But anyway, um, oh, okay. We only have a couple left. Yeah, we have this dude. This is kind of cool. I just thought it was a cool video. Yeah, I've seen this one. Dude's fishing, and the water's literally electric blue. It's like know. Maldives stuff. Yeah. Crazy clear I mean, over it, a reef. It doesn't even look real. He's got to have some sort of filter on it, but it's like the camera's looking Sight through fishing coast. from, like, For, insanely far away. Yeah. Got some sort of little snapper reef fish or something. <coughs> this is pretty interesting. I'll let you just watch it and give me your reaction. It is a... The ballast on the front of a ship. Hmm. What was that? I'm pretty sure what we just watched was the very front of a tanker slash cargo ship, and you have that that big ballast bulge, and I'm pretty sure what we saw was a seal, and it ended up under that. (laughs) So it's probably not alive anymore, unfortunately, but some really rough waves, and the thing comes up out of the water, which I haven't, and dead. So not great. I don't know. Who knows? This is our last one here. This is surf launching a a center console-ish boat. Yikes. Yep. Not All g- the yikes. Yeah, this is just pucker factor of 12. They're trying to get this boat through the surf, and Tiny. they're doing a pretty good job. I actually don't remember how this ends. I think they might have made it. But, I mean, you're talking, those are probably eight-foot breakers. I mean, they got it now. Yep. They're yep. good. Yep. We're out of here. Yep. You see that a lot down in, like, Baja and stuff. Guys launching boats you see with tractors. Cuba a lot. You see them guys running the boats up on the beach at, like, mm-hmm. 40 miles an hour. They yeah. slide them things all the way up the beach. Yep. It's a tractor with a nose hitch that launches this boat out. And, I mean, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool stuff how they do it. But, I mean... You got to be good at your job immediately because you can't have a bad day Zero doing that. Yeah. So that is our fish talk segment. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll sort of figure out how we're going to morph that moving forward. That way we don't sit here and just watch 20 TikToks. But like I said, if you're listening to this, then it may not be uh, the best thing in the world, <clears throat> world, but I highly recommend you go to our YouTube and watch it then you'll get a little bit more enjoyment out of it. But moving on to our last topic of the episode here, the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources just released an article on their the top Virginia waters for trophy largemouth bass in 2022. We don't really have any direction on where this uh, – this little segment's going to go. We just found this topic. We're kind of going to spitball it back and forth, just see what each other thinks about it, and just maybe give some opinion on the situation as a whole. And yes, let's, uh, uh, We'll list them all first, and then we'll 
talk about yeah. them. Well, let me preface it. So the largemouth bass for trophy size must be a minimum of 22 inches in length or 8 pounds in weight to be considered a trophy. Um, smallmouth bass needs to be a minimum of 20 inches in length or 5 pounds in weight. I just mentioned that because it was also included in the article. But this is focusing specifically on largemouth. So yeah. those are your trophy requirements. So an 8-pounder or a 22-inch fish. So we'll go ahead and move forward, and you can go ahead and list them yeah. off. And we can talk so, about uh, it. They listed the top five uh, just from – we'll go from the bottom to the top and run them off real quick. Um it's cool because we've got we've got uh, history fishing pretty much all of these. Um, yeah. Number five is Western Branch, uh, Western Branch Reservoir in Suffolk. Number four is uh, Briary Creek down in the Farmville area. What is that? Te- Burkeville. Uh, Burkeville. Yep. Yeah. Number three, I've not fished. It's Hunting Run Reservoir located in Spotsylvania. It's, up, it's actually pretty small. It's only 420 acres. Up around uh, like Fredericksburg area, northern Number two, Virginia. two, by far the largest, <coughs> excuse me, the largest lake on the list, Smith Mount Lake. Yep. Um, you know, 20,000 acres. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a largemouth and also known for big smallmouth at certain times of the year. And number one, we have a lot of history fishing, uh, Sandy River Reservoir, which is cool because number one and number three, Sandy and Briary, number one, or number, number one and number four, are neighbors, five they're, miles from each they're other. They're literally sister lakes. Yeah, but, they're side by side. But they they're very different in their makeup. Sandy yeah. is more of a traditional style lake. It has a bunch of different ways to fish. You can fish. I, I like Sandy. It's one of my favorite lakes to fish because if you wake up and you say. I want to go catch bass mm-hmm. on a crankbait. You yeah. can do that. I want to go catch bass flipping. You yeah. can do that. There's you, a lot of diversity You can do there. everything at Sandy. You can target them on the points, the river channels, the pad fields, the timber. I mean, it has a little bit of it. There's standing you, timber. There's riprap, rocks. You can catch that, fish on a deep crankbait all the way to a frog in the same day. Yep. There's a lot of diversity on Sandy. But on the other side of the coin is Briary Creek Lake, which is literally a flooded forest. It's nothing but standing timber. One of the most miserable lakes to fish. But at one point in time, in like the early 90s... There was, was a realistic chance the early 90s, early 2000s, they thought that was going to be the yeah. the state record lake. Which, rightfully so, there was a there bunch There were a of, lot of 14-pounders that came out mm-hmm. of it. Yep, and there's a lot of big fish. There's a lot of cover. It's very needle and haystack feeling, but... uh. Briary also has a protected slot, um, which I don't think any of the other lakes have. It is a protected slot of 16 to 24 inches. You cannot kill bass in that slot. I feel like Briary, I don't know, this might be completely wrong, but I feel like Briary was one of the first places they put F1s or Florida strain bass. Mm -hmm. And a few of those fish got put in Sandy as well. Yeah, but I feel like the the deal with Briary and the reason why it was the way it was back then is I believe it was like a special strain of largemouth, like Florida strain or F1 or something. They were using Briary almost like a... uh, Like a test lake. Like a test lake. Mm -hmm. They were putting various strains of Florida strain fish in there. Yeah. And... You know, they on paper the idea is pretty simple. You put Florida strain fish in, you let them hybridize with northern strain, you yeah. hope to get the growth rate of a Florida fish with the longevity and length of life of a northern fish. Yeah. It does work that way, especially the growth rate. The growth rate seems to remain pretty stable. Um those fish grow very fast. But um 
the length of life and it just it never really seemed to work out yeah. and supposedly the way the science is after a couple generations the florida genes seem to get more bred out of it and they just become more yeah. northern strain than but anything. i i i have a brief memory of briary creek i believe that they built the lake and then they put those fish in and then they let them grow for like five years or something mm-hmm. like you couldn't even get on the water for a certain period of time and i think it was closed for like the first five years it was dammed up yeah it was something like that all of this is very loose so don't take our word for it, it but was something like along those lines yeah and, and briary became the big bass factory of virginia and everybody swore up and down that that's where the new state record was going to come from it just never did and i think briary there's still big fish in briary obviously but i believe briary had its sweet spot and it kind of came and went on that potential for everybody orders peaks and valleys and i personally think briary is more in a valley right now than it is in a peak where sandy is probably in a peak right now yeah well like i said sandy's more conducive to keeping big fish whereas briary it's all one thing Sandy has a bunch of different types of sort of habitat for those bass to be in. So if they yeah. want to be suspended. And prime they spawning be. habitat, too. Sandy yeah. has way more area for them to spawn than yeah. Barry does. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's just what's interesting about this is the names that aren't on the list. Chickahominy Lake, Chickahominy River, uh, yeah. oh, the James. We talked I mean, about this the other day when we were spitballing this topic about whether or not we were going to talk about it. These are strictly off of the citation reports this mm-hmm. is not off of shocking results this yeah. is not this is just off of the number of citations right. that were turned in and the numbers are fairly low i mean right. 16 is what you got for sandy and that's number one yeah that's 16 trophy there's a the i've i've the, fished tournaments on the james yeah and can guarantee you i mean 175 yeah. boat tournament there were way more than 16 citation largemouth caught in that tournament. Nobody's turning those fish in. Yeah, well, see, a list like this is inherently flawed because there's too many variables that nobody can really control. So uh, one of your variables is you could have a guy that, just an angler, that Sandy Rivers in his backyard and he loves fishing there, and he really cares about catching citations and turning citations in. So, yeah, he might have a really good year and he might catch 16 or he might catch six or he might, he might catch an abnormal number in yeah, who knows comparison. how many of these citations on each body of water or one guy come from one dude. Right. Yeah. So, I mean that, that's the thing. So there's a bunch of different variables that come in here. And then you have the other side of that, which you have guys that fish say chick Lake or one of these other lakes that catch big fish all the time. Don't really care about the citation yeah. program and don't turn anything in. So this is kind of, it, it gives you a good idea about where you want to go if you want to catch a citation, but it doesn't really give you a good idea about where the true big fish are. Yeah, Cause this kind of like bounces off with the whole master angler program too. Like, yeah. This is the kind of information that you could use yeah. if you're looking for multiple species or different species citations to chase them. Like yeah. the Virginia Game and Live Fisheries or DWR website yeah. now is, I mean, you can search, hey, I'm looking for a whatever citation. Yeah. You can select that fish mm-hmm. and it will show you the citation reports for the last year. And you have all that data at your disposal. I mean, Literally one year ago, you could say, where was the, I want to find a black crappie. Where were they all caught? Okay. Mm -hmm. There were 50 turned in from this body of water. There were 30 from this body of water. And then it's just, okay, let me look up that body of water. Well, that one is 
20,000 acres, and this one had two less citations than the 20,000 acre one, and it's only 60 acres. Yeah. Might want to go to the 60 acre lane. Like, just little stuff like that. That's how we find a lot of these different species. That's how everybody should be starting their search if you're trying to find a species you haven't caught. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to bring up the state's... Uh, they citation ha- report for largemouth. Yeah, I'm going to bring yeah. it up, and I'm just I'm going to say I'm going to click on Sandy River, and I'm going to see if we're going to go 2022, the entire year, body of water, Sandy River Reservoir. And I'm going to see if we have one dude that has happened to catch more than other people. I, I just want to see if there's. One particular angler that is turning more in than anybody else. Let's see if the thing will work. Of course, it's giving me a hard time right now. But let's see. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the inherent problem with this stuff. There we go. Sandy River Reservoir. And then we're going to click. Oh, there we go. We're going to click largemouth bass. Let's see what comes up here. Okay, I have largemouth bass, the year of 2022 in Sandy River Reservoir. Here's all, there were 16 turned in. Okay, this right. Is, this is public information. You can go right to the DWR website and find this in yep. like 10 seconds. Well, right off the bat, we have <clears throat> a man by the name of Charles Lancaster that turned in three. Congratulations, Charles. So yep. 16 fish turned in, and three of them were by one guy. Yep. It's, the problem I have with the state and what they're trying to do is they have these ways of looking stuff up, and none of it works well. Like, this, the the site design on Virginia's I, state website is yeah, not that good. It's, it's, it makes it very hard to look stuff up. I will give this study a little bit of credit because if you're looking at just these five lakes, all five of them are known for being big bass lakes. Yeah. Every one of them. I mean, Smith Mountain, I mean, out of all these lakes, and I hate fishing Briary. I just do not enjoy fishing that lake at all. Yeah. Um, I would fish that lake a thousand times before I fish Smith once. Yeah. Smith Mountain is brutal. That lake, I mean, I've fished a couple tournaments on that lake. 20 foot of visibility is the norm. Drop shot, shaky head, ultra finesse stuff like Ned yeah. Rigs in 25 foot of water on hubs, points, okay. dock fishing. It, it's so boring. Here we go. So I got, it, I got it brought up again. So, But it does have a lot of big fish. And it's got a lot of big small mouths. Yep. So that's cool. But. So Charles Lancaster turned in three. A guy named Timmy Buter, he turned in three. That looks like that's all of them. So you have two particular guys that have turned in three. Three. So that's six of the six of the sixteen, right there. Right. Two dudes. And then you have ten other individuals that turned one in. So it's not a lot. So what Which was is, bass is a weird species because hardcore bass fishermen don't typically turn their citations in. Yeah, overall. I mean, I feel know. like everybody turns in like one, and then they don't turn in another one until they beat it and yeah. stuff like that. Let's see what Smith Mountain looks like. God, this I don't even know if I'm be able to do this. The state's website it's is tough just so buggy. I can't even like look what it's doing. It's why is it doing that? It's it's yeah. scrolling the fish icon but not the list. I don't know. But just take our word for it. So this list is a little inherently flawed because you could have really great 
lakes like Chickahominy Lake or, you know, Chickahominy River. Help me out here. What's a couple other ones that aren't um, being listed? I mean, just the James River in general. I mean, cu- all cu- the guys caught, all the fish caught those barge pits. Lake Cahoon has some big largies. Uh, Prince. Prince. Prince, Mead, all like, those. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, the Potomac. Uh, not so much the Potomac. No, Rappahannock. No. Okay, I mean, we're striking out here. Good. Yeah, but in terms of tidal bodies of water, your bass river is yeah. the James of the Chick. Like yeah. that's there's the reason the Elite Series comes there. Well, let's look at the Chick. I mean, let's just see what the Chickahominy. So it's the same problem we're saying. Like a lot of these pure bass guys, they're not turning in citations, and Chick- a lot of guys don't have certified scales. Yeah, so they're not weighing bass and so turning them in. Chickahominy Lake had three turned in. All year last year, which is nothing. I've seen pictures of 30. <laughs> Chickahominy River had three turned in. So you had six between the lake and the river. Chickahominy River is arguably one of the best bodies of water in the mid-Atlantic for largemouth bass. It's probably it's f- the best tidal river, Yeah, in, I mean, for yeah. hundreds of miles yeah. in either direction. So that's the thing. I mean, this list is cool, and it's cool that the state's trying to promote it, but it's flawed because... You you do have guys out there that aren't. It's probably you know, a lot of guys that fish the chick right now. They're like, thank God, yeah, yeah. You get some of these boats off this river. Well, I think the thing that the state, I mean, we're beating a dead horse here, but there's not enough emphasis being put on the citation program, the angler recognition program. It's sort of from two guys that, and, and it's not just us two. It's everybody we've talked to that participates in the angler recognition program it sort of feels like it's been put on like an autopilot and they're not putting effort for like well so much of it is you do it yourself now yeah i mean so we went which is fine it's not a big deal if we have to turn in our stuff online but that that's not the problem i have obviously i'd prefer the online turning in part that makes it a lot easier so for instance here here's the two major differences between let's say 2019 and 2023 2019 you would catch your citation you turn it in you'd mail it in or whatever they'd send you a certificate it might take a little bit longer than what it does now but it would be a nice certificate on nice card stock paper that had an artwork for a fish. And granted, you have those dudes out there that are like, oh, I don't do it for the paperwork. Well, guess what? If I'm going to do it and I'm going to get a piece of paperwork, I'd I want like it to, to be lo- nice. Yeah, I'd like yeah. it. I mean, it's not, you know, you don't have to be embarrassed to say you want to do it. Yeah. I, I, I'm doing this for the paperwork. You know, you do it for the experience and the fun and everything. But I mean, ultimately. It's just like a fish. You want to hang a thing on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Do you want failed taxidermy do you want something that looks good yeah. it's easy to understand if you're doing it and you want to participate in the master angler program you want your end result to be a nice certificate something you can take pride in yeah. and you can look at it, it could be a centerpiece it could be a talking point look at this great artwork what's this about somebody may not know it then you yeah. can talk to them about it what we have now is a program in which you turn it in online they've tightened up some of the uh, parameters. parameters like you can't just it can't be. It can't just be a witness signature. And, yep, that happened. You have to have photo proof, you have to which have I th- photo evidence think helps a lot, considering the amount of citations that were getting turned in. They were a little fishy. Like, yeah. I don't know, 
It's a hundred and something trout citations in four days. Yeah, you know, just completely random stuff that, I mean, you just pull anything out, any number. Oh, I caught a hundred largemouth citations three weeks ago. If you've got five bucks per citation, you used to just be able to turn it in and game on. Right, so it's a little weird, but, you know, and there's multiple instances of individuals doing that type of thing, and it it raises eyebrows. It's like, okay, what's happening here? But... We've Prob- been told in less words that there was some reasoning behind. Yeah, there, there's there's a few people out there that we've heard about that are kind of cheating the system, which is which is pointless. Like it, this is nobody such a, cares about an, this. Uh, there's an honor system involved in this, and you're only doing this to. Who are you bragging to? Yeah, I mean, you're, it doesn't pay anything. Why are you doing this anyway? But. That's the kind of person that, like, buys stuff from a gift shop and displays it in their fishing room. Or, like, gets a trophy made. For an for award himself. that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. It's just super weird stuff. But yeah. who would do that? No no person <laughs> in their right mind would go and get a trophy made for an award that's that made up. That doesn't have a trophy. Yeah, I mean, crazy. But, you know, whatever. I just imagine somebody <laughs> doing that. You know what I mean? Getting a trophy Ooh. made for a made-up award. I mean, crazy. But whatever, that surely that person isn't out there. There, there's not a guy out there that got a trophy made <laughs> for an award that nobody cares about, and then puts the trophy in a room that nobody sees. <laughs> I mean, that's psychotic behavior. <laughs> but I know that guy's not out there anywhere. Anyway, that person sees it. Yeah. Anyway, but moving on. Um, God, my fishing rib looks so cool. But the The problem with that situation is every time that guy turns in a citation, it's five bucks to the state. So state has a really, really hard time turning that money away. Yeah. I mean, that's the same reason why they haven't raised the blue cat citation. I mean, what is it? 30 pounds. 30 pounds or 38 inches. That's Once the weather warms up, there's... I could go get the frozen Ballyhoo out of my freezer right now and go catch a citation you in 20 minutes. You remember those rotten, like, yeah. eight-month-old worms that were in your boat? Yeah. Yeah. Fair game. So Anywhere that meets the James River, drop it in there. Right. Anytime you have money involved, it gets a little weird. It's hard <clears throat> to turn citations away. Luckily, there's a new director of the program in. He saw the kind of weirdness and the discrepancies that were happening. So he that part of the program is definitely on the up and up now. Yeah, like and we appreciate it. And yes, if you greatly. happen to be listening to this and you hear us dragging you about the paperwork, just I want you to know on the other side of that, we really appreciate you tightening the regulations yes. up. If you by some chance are listening to this. Um but, yeah, they laid the hammer down. Hey, you can't just make stuff up and turn it in. You have to have yeah. photo proof. Great. Everybody's on board with that. I don't know why mm-hmm. you wouldn't be. The problem is, which is what, <laughs> what we're getting at, is now the citation paperwork, which I'm I, – The thing I, is, now that it requires a tighter, more – Right. It, it now, requires more – Effort. How to say this. Yes. It requires more effort to submit – Right. It has tighter parameters to submit. Right. It's more on us to do now. So yes. now we're getting on the computer. We're entering all our stuff in. It goes to a vetting We process. have to have more stuff. We have to have – if you want to turn in a weight citation now right. and you did not physically take the fish to a weigh station, like Josh and I have certified scales. Right. So we can weigh these fish on site. Right. Release them live and get a weight citation right. if you want it. Yeah. 
But if you choose to do that now, you have to have a photo of the fish mm-hmm. on the scale, entire fish visible and scale visible. Yep. Make sure you're not tugging on the tail, yep. doing whatever. Yeah. And you still, I believe, have to have a witness signature. What? I don't know about that. I think I you know have to you, write a witness just down. Just the photo. Yeah. It's super easy with a one-pound, six-ounce white, white perch, but it's incredibly difficult with, with a 20-pound carp. <laughs> or a 48-inch long <laughs> long-nose gar. I have a long arm and try to get the yeah. scale. This is just a shit show. Yeah. But so what we're getting at still, is... The requirements have been upped, and the, the program has been tightened, and right. it is more on the angler to handle the, the process. But... The issue we have is with these certificates. You went the from, result is less. You went from <laughs> or, paying five dollars, sending in all your stuff, and then getting this really nice card stock. I personally consider it a piece of artwork because it is. It literally has Michael Simon's watercolor artwork on it. Each species had its individual like watercolor photo. It looked great. Some of yeah. the best trophy paperwork in the game. Out of all the out states, of any of them. out of all the states that do this kind right. of stuff, ours was the best. So paying the $5, getting that, instead now what we do is we pay the $5, we put it online, and then we have to print out our own certificate, which wouldn't be a big deal. But, if it was the previous certificate. I can go buy cardstock. But now what it looks like is, without exaggeration, there are no photos of the fish It looks anymore. like a kindergarten participation trophy. It's got, it's very, and, and even... It was just – it's very clear minimum effort was put in. Like yes. they white out over top of other names and like – The signature is photocopied on top of the other signature yeah. and it's, half of the previous signature is still visible. It's just a very clear low effort try at Just like a, a generic fish border with a right. bunch of random species. It just has the word name of the yeah. fish you caught in bold letters. Right. And you're printing it out and it's on printer paper and whatever. So it's not – the problem we have lies with what you get after you do this. You know, I spent thousands of dollars trying to catch a brown trout. I still haven't caught it. It's not not a trophy brown. All I wanted was that brown trout artwork, paperwork, something I can be proud of. You've yeah. walked this you, you've walked this long road of trying to accomplish this and when you finally do it, this is your Basically, your consolation. Yes, you caught the fish, but you also have this nice piece of artwork. You don't have that anymore. You have a participation trophy. So that's our gripe. And on top of that, it's they say they did this to streamline the program and make it easier on them. That way there's less um, mistakes made. You don't get a, a blue cat citation with a picture of a flathead or vice versa, which happened to our buddy Andy. Or Andy who... The the crappy was like his white whale, just he could not catch a crappy yeah. citation, and then he catches a readier citation. And they said they made crappy citation. Yeah, it's, it was some <laughs> weird stuff like that. It was just streams getting crossed, things being weird. Yeah. So they did away with the artwork, so there'd be less mistakes. But there's just as many mistakes now. It's I mean, you you get on the website on the thing that did I was we just see looking- like a. 12 pound rock bass yeah it's just weird stuff yeah. like that or it'll either be certain fish there's, there's no way they weigh that much or it'll be like a 10 pound blue cat which is very clearly under the citation yeah. it's just but it's still getting turned in and listed as a citation that yeah there's caught. still discrepancies yeah. in the system so it's like what is happening here like what i just i At hate this point i don't understand why anything was changed i hate to be cynical but it just feels like some government stuff where you're paying the same amount and you're getting less for your money. Yeah. You know. And they say that they can't do the the 
paperwork artwork printout version of it but that there's no way that you have to be able you still have to have the artwork somewhere if you can if they made it to where you physically i mean the new certificate produced all these certificates what what happened to the old it just doesn't their reasoning doesn't make sense the whole thing kind of doesn't make sense it just sort of feels like the whole thing is they keep they always say it's to make it easier on dwr like we're trying to make it easier but also give you a decent product blah 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 but like the, nothing is really changed overall. There's still just as right. many mistakes. We're dealing with all the same stuff. We're just getting less. Right. There's no. I don't. We still don't understand why it ever had to be changed. Yeah. They added five new species. You could and, have easily gotten artwork done for five new species, or just for the time. And being, it wouldn't. It, would, it really wouldn't have cost a lot. Yeah. I mean, you could outsource that. But right. So to tie all of that back into this conversation yeah, about the trophy large now. Yeah, that's a very long tangent. Uh, nine species, nine citations turned in for Western Branch Reservoir for an entire year is not a lot of citations. Yeah. Even sixteen just, for this Sandy isn't River. The best survey. I mean, it's no. Decent, but what I'm but getting, like, hold on, I, I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah, sixteen citation largemouth for an entire year of Sandy River Reservoir is not a lot. Mm. And I think the reasoning is that the state citation program has really fallen off and i think if you know they produce this to be to, to kind of give you an idea about oh this is our top trophy largemouth waters but i think what it really shows is how few people are turning in citations because it's, you're there's just, nothing to gain anymore what are you getting you're just not getting your money's worth anymore yeah, what's, I, what's my five bucks doing anymore right right which my i'm five bucks is giving me the right to print out a piece of paper on my own computer right and I'm more than happy to support the DWR and all they've done and all the people that work there and the citation program. The citation program has single-handedly given me the structure to get where I'm at now. I was I, it's, it's why I didn't go to college. <laughs> I was in high school looking at the citation <laughs> program and, and fixating on all these fish. I've seen parts of the state that I never would have went to without it. I've done all kinds of stuff I never would have did. If this program wasn't in place, but the problem is every year it gets a little worse and it gets a little worse until the point you turn in a citation report and your number four and number five lakes are tied at nine citations for an entire year. Think of how many people fish Briary Creek Lake in a year yeah. or Sandy River Reservoir in a year and nine citations is all you can come up with. And worse There's than that... There's only 57 citations out of the top five lakes. Yeah. That's not good. No. It's not good. I mean, the the type of, the type of program that existed sorry. in, say, 2010, that should be what we're doing. We sh- it yeah. should be promoting this program promoting the awards you get for it promoting the paperwork having something to be proud of and getting people out there and doing it getting those guys that are in high school right now that look at the program and go oh that looks cool yeah as an 18 year old kid i saw that artwork i'm like holy shit that's super cool i want to go do Mm -hmm. that and i just think more so than learning about the trophy largemouth in the state i think this article has shown just how far in my perception that the program has slipped yeah i mean you're talking about the most popular by far the most popular sport fish on the planet and especially in the state and all the great lakes we have 
And, you know, we got, what, 57 citations turned in out of the top five lakes. It's not a lot. Yeah. And especially when you're talking about places like Briar Creek, Sandy River, a, what, 20,000-acre Smith Mountain Lake? Yeah. You know? And, the, and then just... The ones, the the ones that are glaring, the ones that don't make the list, Chick Lake, Chick River, stuff like that. James River, I James mean, River, yeah. There's not on there. I mean, you know, it, we, that tournament, the last tournament I fished with Connor on the James, was a spring tournament during the spawn. Yeah. And the top like twelve boats all had like an eight or nine pounder yeah. because they all went and fished the barge pits all day. So I think the I mean, it's one tournament, just those boats. Right. And those are weight citations. A 22-inch yeah. river largemouth does not weigh eight pounds. And granted, the glitter boat dudes don't really care. They don't they're, care. they're playing a different game than yeah. everybody else. But I'm saying this. But it, it's yeah. it's a very obvious point towards where it's kind of fallen off from. Yeah. You know? So I just, I urge you to participate in the Master Angler Program, the Angler Recognition Program. If you're thinking about doing it or if you haven't heard about it, go look it up or message me. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. But in that same breath, I think anglers need to be contacting the state and really voicing their displeasure with this because I think it's really fallen off. And if if from where our angler recognition program came from to where it is now i i don't think it's a good thing and i think it needs to come back to where it was and you know i mean we we have some of the hardest citations in the country i mean we talked about it either the first episode or the last episode but like our requirements are bigger than like our brown trout requirements are bigger than michigan our our uh our smallmouth's bigger than manitoba yeah manitoba you only need to catch a 19 incher right we have to catch a 20 here right we have ridiculous trophy i think our bowfin is bigger than florida Our largemouth is the same as florida yeah right so we have this highly prestigious program that has just sort of gotten anemic over say probably the past decade and I think as anglers and as anglers, if you're an angler in Virginia and you're a trophy fisherman, you're a multi-species person, and you really care about the program, I think we need to make an effort towards um, pointing those people maybe in the direction of changing things, which, yeah. you know, we've, we've bitched all we can bitch about it. If, if there's more people on board, then maybe something will change with it. But that, I think that's just kind of – that's what that thing taught me anyway. Yeah. But – do you have anything else to say about that? No, I mean it's it is noteworthy that all five of the lakes that made the study are known big bass bodies yeah. of water, right? Um, which, with less and less people turning in citations, that still does give you a little bit of an idea. Like, hey, mm-hmm. even though not a lot of people turn in citations, these are still probably five of them. I would say all five of these would probably still be in the top 10 in the whole state oh yeah for sure the one that sticks out to me is hunting run yeah it's that, only 400 acres yeah i'm, gonna, very I'm small. gonna try to pull that one it's up real half quick the size of sandy i'm gonna try to pull that one up before we uh how are we looking on time uh, hour and 45 eh, we'll wrap it up soon yeah we, we added another <clears throat> segment yeah, in today right. we need to sort we'll of for that. figure out uh where where we go from here Sort of rein it all in. Yeah, like if basically hunting run is the size. If you're standing on the boat ramp at Sandy, mm-hmm. looking across, basically everything you can see with your eyes, right, right there, yeah, is the size of hunting run. Okay, let's see. I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, we have one dude that caught two. 
uh, one dude that caught three. Okay, so we have some repeats on there. We have uh, Michael Hogan that caught three trophy largemouth out of there in June and July. And then we have a Frank Bogdan that caught uh, two trophy largemouth in April and May. So, you know, not a ton of repeats. So that's kind of cool to see. I yeah. mean, hunting run is actually somewhere I've never fished. I mean, I've never fished two out of the five on this list I've never been. I've never been to Smith Mountain Lake, and I've never been to Hunting Run. So, And Hunting Run used to be one of the only places you could get a northern pike back in mm-hmm. the day. That's where the state record northern pike, 31 pounds and some change, comes from. So it's yeah. sort of interesting. But I mean, it's the same kind of situation. That lake is less than half the size of the next smallest lake yeah. on the whole thing. So 11 yeah. out of a 420-acre lake, that's... Pretty substantial. Yep. It's the same thing we dealt with with the crappie. Yeah. You know, back when we were both looking for a crappie citation, mm-hmm. you look at number one is every year is bugs, cur. bugs or bugs cur or whatever. Yeah. And um, then you look at like number two through five are all lakes that are less than one one hundredth the size of bugs. Yeah. You're like, huh? Even though they might have substantially less citations than bugs, yeah. the percentage is going to be way higher because you have yeah. way less habitat to target yeah so the the citation chasing the number of citations just because the body of water has the most doesn't always mean it's the best place to go yeah there's a lot of variables to look at when you deal with all that stuff that's part of the fun of it just picking your poison what do you want to do do you want to go fish in a twenty thousand acre lake do you want to go fish a 500 acre lake and you have an equal chance at a trophy fish in both so that's the cool thing about virginia there's a lot of diversity i just I don't mean to be negative towards the program or anything like that, but I just we offer so much. I think we're really selling ourselves short with diminishing yeah. the return on the whole deal. So, yeah. anyway. I mean, we have the most probably one of the most diverse freshwater fisheries in the world yeah. in Virginia. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we've already talked about this. We but have. You're talking it's about so. musky, two hours west from Richmond, musky, two hours east redfish i mean yeah. you don't you're not, not getting, ju- i mean just fisheries in general but still i mean you have everything from brook trout to snakehead you literally i don't water. know i don't know if you can do that anywhere else in the country two hours west to, re- to musky two hours east to redfish maybe the very northern portion of north carolina maybe they do have brook trout but like you're literally right here there's yeah. the only two places yeah so we're in a special Pretty area. We're in a special area with a lot of special fish, and but uh, like not only just that to say brook trout to redfish, but we have or musky to redfish, musky to redfish. Either way, but we have everything else in between too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so mean, just something to think about. Um, but anyway, I think we're probably gonna wrap it up on that note. You got anything yeah. else to? Nope. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. I want to. Uh, if you're, I want to recommend if you're listening to this on like a Spotify or an Apple podcast, wherever you're consuming this, if it has a function to rate it, rate us five stars if you enjoy it. I think that somehow helps it elevate in the list when people search fishing podcasts. Um, but uh, what are you doing? Switch that mixer again. <laughs> it's frozen on my screen. <laughs> Go figure, an hour and 49 minutes in, we're having technical difficulties. I don't know. Something's up with it. Hopefully it hasn't froze on on the other end of things. But anyway, I'll wrap it up. Rate us five stars if you dare. Um, 
be sure to check out our other podcasts uh, on like, share, and subscribe. The Have Rods Will stuff. Travel Podcast Network. Check out HaveRodsWillTravel.com for videos, podcasts, articles, all that good stuff. Get a little educational entertainment at the same time. And uh think that's all I have. So yep. thanks for tuning in to Episode 3 of Have Rods Will Travel. I'm Josh Dolan. And I'm Greg Elvis. We will catch you next time. Peace. Peace.